Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official audio program of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner, the Buck, the owner and the operator of NotInHallOfFame.com, and the sister sites. Check them out, the Fictitious Athlete Hall of Fame, the Fictitious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Vinny Laspinuso returns, and our kid wonder, wonder kid, which works, minus 21, so I guess neither, uh, returns, and the Hofst, uh, the future Hofstra University graduate and superstar in the world of broadcasting really had some uh, interesting things to say about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, some of you may know that they've altered what they're going to do for the senior candidates. He's not happy about it, neither am I, and we both sort of took a bit of time to look at the NFL 100 and what that is, it, the players all gather and, well not gather, literally, but uh, they put in their votes for who they consider the best player amongst themselves. So it's a really interesting way to sort of see how they view themselves and ranks, lists, hey, they're always fun. That's what I do. So let's uh, bring uh, Vinny in and hopefully you enjoy the show. Vinny, glad to have you back. Uh, how have you been since the last two weeks I spoke to you? Well, um, classes are going to start for me next week. Uh, that's going to be pretty exciting. But at the same time, I have no idea, like, Half people say, oh, don't, don't do schools, just have it online. And everyone says, no, get, get it right there, right now. The economy needs it. Like, was that, was that, was that like your Trump impression? impression? What? Was that your Trump impression? Yes, it was. Okay. You need to understand that it is. Listen, I'd be willing to go another four more years. Because that's how long it will take to do the mail-in ballots. I think Alec Baldwin's job is safe on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to be doing this virtually or are you going to be like in, in person at Hofstra? How's that working for you? I, li- I literally have no idea. Some classes are going to be synchronous. Some uh-huh. are going to be asynchronous. Some are going to be in person. Some are going to be not like... Each class is different set of rules. Well, I'm, I'm glad that part of my life is well behind me. Uh, but here's the part of the life that's behind me, in front of me, beside me. And it's the same for you, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Evan and I talked in the weekly show a lot about our dis- uh, kind of uh, disgust might be a strong word of how they're going to be moving forward for the next four years. So for those who aren't aware, uh, it's going to be the same as usual for the for the modern candidates, five are going to get in, but it's going to be one coach, one contributor, one senior. And if you're a coach, that's not a bad thing because it wasn't always a guarantee before that you were going to get in. Same for a contributor. If you're a senior, nothing's changed all that much. Might actually argue it's worse. Yeah. When I look at this, I say, you know, shame on every single one of the voters that kept saying they were going to push for more seniors, they failed. They failed miserably, and they and they failed the families of all those seniors. They failed them all. I know that sounds a little harsh, but when you make a talk a big game and you do literally no campaigning and advocating for more seniors without the expense of any modern, any senior, or I mean, any modern, any coach, or any contributor. You fail and you do not really truly care about what you're talking about. And that's how many fans see it. That's why many fans hate the Hall of Fame voters. Because a lot of them are all talk, no action. When I look at this, they're all talk, no action again. That's what it comes across. It comes across as they don't really care about these people. Not as players, but as people. They don't seem to get the fact that the public is increasingly more hostile. They don't seem to grasp the fact that, you know, a lot of people just want their guy. Because they just want to win for themselves. They don't want other people to be happy along with them. They just want to win for themselves. And when you're dealing with a situation like now, when... We're dealing with the worldwide pandemic. People are a lot more on edge than usual, and we have no idea if there's even going to be a season this year that's very, very short-sighted, and they deserve a lot of the blame, and you shouldn't be surprised when people are ripping into them. And I think think they will. Uh, There's 
so I think I want to, I want to start off with, with, I guess, the good news. I would think, and, and maybe I'm mistaken here, if you're a fan of Tom Flores or Don Coryell, you've got to figure that it's in the next two years. But stranger oh, things yeah. have happened. Oh, yeah. I'd say for – I have literally no issue with there being one coach, one contributor here. I have literally zero issue with that. I think that is a great thing. The fact that, you know, I know this sounds pretty crazy, but I'm actually on the Raiders fans' good side now. Yeah, how'd that happen? Well, the way it happened is, see, during quarantine, during the pandemic, you tend to be online a lot more. And you also tend to be a little bit crazy, a little more, a little bit more radical. <laughs> um, and so I spoke around these Raiders fans, and, you know, actually a lot of them began to really mention a lot of the history. And not just, you know, Flores, Branch, and Plunkett, but actually guys like Lester Hayes and Steve Wisniewski. And guys from the AFL, I'm like, God damn, they're actually doing it. And I told some of them, hey, you should really do some of this. You should really get traction. I said, okay. And they kept putting out more AFL stuff, and it got a lot of attention. And I'm like, wow, nice, okay, we, we got this. And now I'm literally on their good side. They now always mention me. They say, how is everyone doing? They say we're in this together. And they were the fan base that was the most critical of there being only one senior per year. They called out the voters. They called out the committee. They, the Bengals fans were like this too, but the Raiders fans are now becoming, their campaigning is now even going even more aggressive and more in your face. And I like that. I, I'm happy that they have, they have turned the page, and I'm happy that they're now becoming a part of us. We can make little jokes here and there, but we now know that they're on our side. I feel like this is the end of Rocky IV, where uh, Rocky's sort of like looking at the Russian crowd, who's now sort of supporting him and saying, you know, if I can change and you can change, then we can all change. You being Rocky yeah, it, and it, then and the Raiders fans feel- being the Russians. Yeah, that is true. I mean... They're now on our side. They now are completely in support of us. And they want they want the same thing as us. And shockingly, it's not because their favorite player isn't in. No. They actually get the fact that the issues that many fans have is actually a lot deeper than just my favorite player's not in. It has to do with seniors being blackballed. It has to do with Issues with the voters. It has to do with issues with you know the committee. The don't forget the Hall of Fame village as well plays a part into it. The um, there's there's a whole bunch of reasons. It's not it's not cut and dry. It it's pretty deep, honestly. Whoever says to you it's just because their favorite player's not in, you don't know these fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so again, we should just also mention that this is not. Going forward forever. This is uh, going to be the process for the next four years anyway. Now, there's a few things that I sort of want to sort of like go through going back towards the player selections uh, for the veterans. There were 20 uh, 20 people who were finalists. uh, So 10 got in, 10 didn't. Do you think that the 10 that didn't have a leg up on other other people who probably should have been considered like a Ken Anderson? Or oh, a Roman Gabriel or an Elsie Greenwood. Like, what do you think? Do you think like a, like someone like Drew Pearson, who didn't get in, and was a, was a finalist? Does he have a leg up over an Elsie Greenwood? Oh, absolutely. I think without a doubt that all these ten guys, whether it be Gilwig, Isbell, Llewellyn, Novus, Craig, Pearson, Radishar, uh, I said Novus. Um, all of them, all ten of them, they all have a leg up on Ken Anderson and Ken Riley and you know just Roman Gabriel, Leslie Greenwood, Chuck Cowley, mm-hmm. Otis Taylor, what have you. They have a leg up on every single one of them. In fact, I would I predict that all of the four seniors each of the years, they will all be 
from the 2025. I think, without a doubt, Randy Gratishar will be one of them. I also think that Drew Pearson will definitely be one of them. As for the other ones, I feel like we'll have one person from the pre-merger era that will be it. My guess is would be probably be Weister, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold a hope for. I wouldn't leave out someone like uh, Dillwig, but that's just from my perspective. What I see, I think Cliff Branch also has a really good chance. Um, that's just how I see it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think so too. I, I agree with that assessment. I'm not certain that it's impossible that somebody else sort of sneaks in, uh, providing it's somebody you know worthy like an Anderson or a Greenwood. I can say obviously I'm pretty partial on those two since I keep bringing their you names up. Yeah, yeah, but but it, it's it'll be you know really curious going forward. We know this much: no matter what they decide, there's going to be criticism. Some of it valid, some of it not. But I think. A lot of valid criticism definitely goes towards, again, David Baker. I'm, I, I do find that as much as he seems like one of the nicest guys on television, uh, you know, one of those smiles that's going to light up a room, sort of that friendly giant uncle that, that you just sort of like want to hang out with and, you, and hear some stories. He also likes to see a lot of himself on television. Oh, he really does. Because the one thing that people really criticize the way they handled the um, the fifteen um, the the, uh, the ten seniors, three contributors, two coaches is not the selections. Aside from the coaches, the issue that people really had was how long they dragged that out and how David Baker was often on TV, and that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, Us whether included. that be right your fans or people that were snubbed, like a Pearson or Bradishar or what have you. Well, this feels like the fourth time I'm going to mention this on a show, but I'll, I'm going to mention it again. Just the amount of heartbreak that Drew Pearson had to have during that broadcast, because uh, when Harold Carmichael was in the NFL.com studios accepting his gold jacket from David Baker, because that happened early in the show. And if Harold Carmichael is flown there or arrives there, however, however he, he got there, it doesn't really matter. Pearson at that point had to know He's not getting in, but he's got to wait another two hours. Well, maybe, because it's television. You don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of these instances where for a business, it's one thing. For a show, it's one thing. For entertainment, it's one thing. But again, you're literally handling the reputation of someone's life because that's how I particularly see the selections. I know that it could be fun to debate certain cases, but they need to really understand that when it comes to fans and especially even players, your reputation is on the, is in the hands mm-hmm. of the selectors. Your literal reputation, the way you are going to be perceived for the rest of your life, is going to be on in the hands of these people. That's why there's just a lot of animosity involved. Because of that, I know it could be fun. I get that. But you need to also take it really, really seriously and not just treat it like a game. Because if you treat it like a game, you get the reactions of Pearson and you get the reactions of all the fans that follow. Well, and that was really the problem, though. I don't think anyone really enjoyed the way they dragged it out. Uh, You you and I were both watching that live uh, on the network. Uh, we're watching yeah, other people's uh, reaction. I don't see anyone who was who was saying, "Oh, I really love the fact that they're making us wait." Nobody. No, because and though some people could say, "Oh, it's good to see some of these people go making next year," even the ones that are not alive. What what is I? What do you think Dillwig's family thought of it? What do you think? Branch's family thought of it. To wait that long? And hell, Branch just had died the year before. So that's got to hurt really hard. That's why, especially when someone dies the year before, Bobby Dillon was another example. He made it. But when someone dies the year before, you have to be very, very cautious because that could really, really open up very tender wounds. That's why it gets very, very sensitive. 
Sadly, I and, think we're going to see something like that again if that ever comes up. Yeah, because uh, people were watching, so that means so it's and it's a ratings business. Yeah, but we also know that in this day and age, while that is the case, but we're also seeing the ripple effects of what people think in general about certain things, whether that be online or even in public, because I don't know if it's a pandemic, I don't know if it's a protest or just the state of America, but I have noticed that more and more people, regardless of what your occupation is, is willing to speak out about certain and just go lash out. And the reactions are usually much, much worse and much, much more angry, legitimately angry, not just angry because oh, they're biased against my team or I'm like legitimately angry. You know, and, that, and I think you're, you're right about that. There's a lot more people on edge. It's a little bit, uh, I don't see it uh, day to day uh, from where I am uh, in Barbados uh, necessarily, but I'm certainly in tune with what's going on in the U.S. and Canada, my home country, and, and the world in general. It, it's, it's, a, it's a different place right now, and our escape, I don't want to say that it's necessarily being taken away from us, but it's not as much of an escape as it used to be. Oh, no, not at all. Because the big reason as to why I want to see an increase from 8 to 10, I know that some could say, oh, it makes it special. Listen, that doesn't work in today's world. You need to understand that when there's some, there's literal reaction, and all that could be good entertainment, the reality is people tend to hold grudges a lot more openly than in the past. And... You know, I understand that there could be an idea that maybe the most of the moderns get the money, so we'll go in. We'll go in. But the truth of the matter is, you don't know how long this pandemic's going to last in America. The U.S. isn't really known for handling. The U.S. does not have a reputation of handling this pandemic really well. And you know, if we don't have a season, we're not going to. Most likely, we're not going to have a college football season this, this year. Doesn't look like it. And, yeah, and we might. And if we have an NFL season, it's going to be abbreviated. When you have a shortened amount of it, people tend to want more of something else. But when they see that something else is the same, if not more um, lessered or more decreased or even the same, they tend to get a lot more angry. They tend to get a lot more vicious. And I thought that maybe for two years they could have an idea of having six people have you know, the, the contributor and the contributor and the coach and the two and two seniors, but then for the moderns, you have your five moderns already. But then you, I think a great idea would be have another modern or six modern that's decided on by the public because, as we know, the hall has the, on their website they let people choose who they think it would be, but people just use that to just choose who they want. And you know, Clay Matthews was on there and Leroy Butler. And neither of them made it. Yeah, those two I, were, were, wasn't too bad. What was the other Packer who was like in the top three who had no business being there? Uh, Nick Collins. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, I was, I was blanking on who that was. Uh, and, and rightfully so, because he's someone who should be, who shouldn't be considered. No disrespect to Nick Collins, a fine football career. Nick Collins will probably tell you he's not a pro football Hall of Famer. Of course, like, but I'd say for that, yes, but, you know, for the legitimate cases, it's fine. But I think, you know, when you have, when you give people the option to vote, people go all in because they care so much. And I say, you know, even though we give the Rock Hall a lot of crap, as we should, one thing I do like is that they do have the fan vote. And now, granted, the fan vote doesn't win all the time. But the fact that people have a choice for who they want, I think that's, very, very impressive because the argument is, yes, while there is a bias for the more popular um, players and whatnot, it's not always the case because at the end of it, Steve Tasker got a lot of votes and Zach Thomas got a lot of votes. And obviously, Palomaro got a lot of votes. But then again, everyone knew he was going to be first sure. out anyway, so it but. didn't really matter. I feel like for this, um, I get the arguments against it, but I feel like with the reaction from people more and more, I feel like, like if you had the 15 finalists and the winner of the fan vote makes it automatically, it's not shot down by any of the voters. 
Because you get shot down by voters from what fans think, <laughs> that that's a bad look. So why not? Let, let, let's have, like, you know, Leroy Butler win the fan vote. Is there really any issue of Leroy Butler winning the fan vote? Now you could say, oh, it's a pass. Sure, but, 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 let, but let's back up here, though. Uh, so when they put up the fan vote, and I said this uh, last year, I don't know if it was on a show with you or, or with Evan or just maybe in general on Twitter, uh, just as someone who owns a website, sometimes you're just going to throw shit at a wall just to sort of like drag traffic. Because if they're getting yeah, a better true. traffic, if they're getting better traffic, they can sell better ad space on that. That's true. So they're, they're putting that up there and it doesn't really matter what sort of anyone comes up with. I think the fact that it was so Packer and Browns heavy, and again, this is no disrespect to some of the good ones. Like, like Vote for Clay Matthews. I can make a case for him myself. I can make a case for Leroy Butler. I can't make a case for Nick Collins. So when you put that stuff up and that it, it actually – so what, that group that sort of pushed for that particular individual, you're pushing against – them ever considering what a fan what a fan vote's going to mean. Well, yeah, but at the same time, like you also have the votes out there. I mean, yeah, you can do it for Avenue, but at the same time, it makes fans want the people even more. And when it doesn't happen, it just creates way more animosity. I would say, you know, I understand for Avenue, but. I feel like with all this stuff, you should probably make the votes legitimate, like actual votes, not just for revenue, because it creates a bad look. Okay, so here's something I just thought of. So how about this? You put together, you have your fan vote, and it's a fan vote of all of of just people who have never been a semifinalist. The winner of that becomes a semifinalist and gets in that room for discussion. Hmm. Because if you leave it up to that, just because of the whole Collins situation, you can get you can get an online push for some crazy stuff. Uh, in the brief time I was watching American Idol, I mean, everyone's voting for Sanjaya <laughs> at one point in time. You just don't know who's gonna, what group, what radio station, what online thing just for just to just to throw off, off the apple cart just for fun. I mean, there's a reason those guys are in that room, but at the same time, yes, you cannot ignore the uh, ignore a fan group. Yeah, like I think Nick Collins is more of like a one-time situation. I think that that's more so because the Packers were, and also the Browns were the only two that were actively pushing for sure. people to vote for this. But, but all the other ones they really pushed. I mean, you know, the none of the other ones. I mean, the Patriots didn't do it. The Viewers didn't do it, and they did. The Packers were the ones that, that pushed heavily. I think, you know, if they all pushed equally for it, I think you'd probably get a bit of a different result. It might sway a little bit more to the but popular. You, but team. that can't happen because there, there's not equal fan bases. There's just not. That that, that is true. That, it, that 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 that's a fact. Yeah. I'm, hell, I was in a like I, I mean when I was living in out in Western Alberta. Uh, there was this bar I used to go to because this one little area, they'd let me put on whatever I wanted. So I was actually watching, I think it was, because they'd always, it's a bar in Western Mountain, Canada, so everything's hockey. So I, they'd let me put on the NFL uh, at, at night so I could watch that. And then there were these, these random people who came up from this couple, this older couple up from, where were they from? From Wyoming. And they were happy that I had the Packers game on. I mean, certain fan bases—the Packers, the Cowboys, the Steelers—they have a national presence. The Texans don't. Not, not that they have any kind of representation past, but what would be a better example of an older team that just doesn't translate nationally? The Rams. The Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yeah. So I mean, like those. You know, there's just going to be so many great players from teams that just don't have the fan base. I mean, what's the joke right now uh, that you know there's going to be no fans and, and some fan and some of the players say, "Well, I wonder how that's going to going to work out." Uh, just just call up your friends who plays on the Chargers; they can tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is true, but that's why the reason why I'm saying that is mainly because Cody's barking again. Um, the reason why. I say that it would just be one out of the six. It would. 
Well, I guess the boat. Like, that's where sort of why maybe sort of saying let's throw the bone to the semifinals because like when you mentioned the Rock Hall, the Rock Hall, the, yeah, the fan vote's great, but it's always been coincidental that the voters sort of go with that because you've got your committee that puts together the, the the list, but they don't necessarily they have their one vote. That vote goes out to hundreds of people out there. Yeah. So if so, it's it's been reflecting what the people have sort of said, but it didn't last year for the first time in six, I think, since the rock vote sort of came out. So that was all pure coincidental. Now, do the people who were voting on that sort of look that look that in take that in consideration? Some might. I don't know. I don't know about all of them, but it's it's uh, it's not a committee a that decides who gets in. It's a committee that decides who's on the ballot. Yeah, it's like, when it comes to a lot of this stuff, I think you're just seeing, like, you know, I have spoke with more people that want to see, well, well, increasingly I've seen more that say, you know, you could say player and coach, but just people in general want to see more, have a voice with it. I think it's just because just a lack of trust in the people in charge, whether that be David Baker or any of the voters. Mm -hmm. And when I say the voters, I'm going to call them out by name. Rick Gosselin, mm-hmm. Ira Kaufman, who's no longer with the board, um, right. you know, um, Frank Cooney, Jeff Legwold, Broncos fans' favorite, that's sarcasm, sarcasm, obviously, Ron Borges, and Dan Pompey. You guys say you want more seniors. You guys wanted more seniors. You kept saying it. But when push comes to shove, you didn't actually campaign. Stuff like that is why people don't trust you. This is why some people feel like they got to put it in their own hands. Stuff like that is why you see more fan campaigns. I definitely get it. But I think, and yes, I'm a little bit leery about fans too, and I'm aware about the Pro Bowl stuff. But even then, Pro Bowl is only, but even then, Pro Bowl is only one part of the puzzle. It's only just like a third of the votes, I, I believe. I, I would say, you know, I do like the idea of giving giving the fans a bone, making them semifinals. I, I think that could work. Yeah, we'll, we'll it's just, a thought, just something I just water. thought of now. Just only because right now, based on sort of the, the discrepancy of fan bases, I'd be too hesitant to sort of give a power to put one person in. But I think a voice should be heard. I think they could even go the route of what the Rock Hall does. Because like when the when the Pro Football Hall of Fame put out that fan vote, they put out the fan vote for all the all the preliminary list, right? They didn't do it for the finals. Yeah. They they did it for all of them. Like they still had it for the semifinalists. That's where Clay Matthews really got a push. Mm-hmm. But then the following round, he was off. It was each one. You know, Donald Driver had the most. He didn't make the semifinalist list. Then Clay Matthews had the one. He didn't make the finalist. And then Leroy Butler had the top. He didn't make the hall. Um, so each instance of the fan vote winning, per se, per round, none of their guys made it to the next round. Yeah, and, I, and, yeah, and I, I think that's, that's sort of part of it. It is something to sort of think about going forward. Uh, before we, we look at uh, the NFL 100, uh, there's two new members of the Pro Football Hall of, hall of Fame committee. Uh, Evan and I talked about that on the weekly show. Uh, I, I sort of want your opinion on this. Uh, Bill Polian is one of the new members, a Hall of Famer himself. I don't think oh, well, anyone good. can criticize his credentials, six-time executive of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's important to have that room with the voice from the executive. However, it's the executive that the internet really, really, really hates. Like really hate well, them. They, they can hate him all Many they people. want. I mean, he's he's more than qualified. He's actually well, more no, qualified. Yeah, but sorry, go ahead. More than qualified, but it's more so because of the race aspect. Many people are never going to forget, and they're always going to keep reminding him that he thought Lamar Jackson should should been a been a wide receiver. And yet there were other people as well. But Bill Polling especially was very hard hard, hard on that. And, and he can be wrong, and that's okay. What? He can be wrong, and that's okay. I mean, if he's in that room it's what, like years later, and hopefully he's not, because I think there should be term limits. Uh, no, but, no. Now I'm looking at this, and I say, 
man, like, you have a guy that many people like to say is literally racist. And I understand, obviously, do I think he is racist? I don't know. It's like, it's very, very touchy in today's world. I mean, some could be just be silently racist. I don't I can't really comment on that. Well, but. there's there's been a long time, uh, and you, you mentioned Ken Riley earlier. Uh, there's been a long time football bias, which I I would have hoped would have been gone long long by long before Lamar Jackson declared himself eligible for the draft, which was only two years ago, where they would look at a black quarterback and try to convert them into a wide receiver or a safety. Ken Riley was such a player. Now. You and I both think that he's got the credentials as a Hall of Fame. Sorry, no, he was a cornerback. My apologies. But uh, still, uh, you know, there's still that. It wasn't all that long ago where Anton Randall L. was tearing it up at the University of Indiana and he had to convert himself to a wide receiver. Uh, But, you know, not not that it's really the same thing. Eric Crouch, uh, white man, Heisman Trophy winner, did the same thing. Because they told him he wasn't going to make it as a quarterback either. Um, my, my, you know, Michael Robinson, don't forget either. He, he had to be converted to a fullback. Yeah, and it's it's a that that's the sort of thing that sort of happens in football. I'd like to think that we're well past that. You and I have joked, uh, and I've joked this with other friends. I mean, you know, twenty years ago, uh, you're looking for your white quarterback and your black running back. Now, look, the best quarterback in the league is is black. The best running back in the league is white. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, it, 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 it's ridiculous. The world turned upside down. But I would say, you know, I know that many people could say, "Oh, it's not racist for wine." Listen, the players would tell you that the league is racist. And I'm not trying to play the right. race, I, I don't. I can't say it's racist. Well, the people that play say it's racist. I, well, I think I think and, there's a certain element to that. Otherwise, they they wouldn't feel the need. Well, I I, th- I personally think it is. And and I'm sort of glad we're sort of touching on this. Yeah, and again, we're two I, white guys I, discussing I'm, this, so uh, we got to yeah. put that in proper perspective. But the fact that there are so many black players that haven't translated into an appropriate amount of black coaches is concerning to me. Now, it's also, but you know, that, that's sort of, that, no. that's my take on it. Uh, now going back to this and why I'm sort of glad this sort of came up, Bill Polian isn't the only uh, new, new member of the committee. Lisa Salters is a sideline reporter, uh, been covering the NFL, God, since 2000, I believe. Uh, if I'm correct, and I, and I might be wrong, Vinny, you'd probably know better than I. I believe she's the first African American woman to be on this committee. Am I correct? Yes, uh, she is. Now, I know that I spoke to some historians that that were like, they said that oh, Lisa Salter was added just for clout. She she, she doesn't she's not truly qualified as Polian, but I heard some say that, I don't know, like. I, I like Lisa Salters. Now, I, 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 she's interviewed a lot of players. I think it can be a bit of a perspective. But my question when it comes to the selection, the biggest one, is not the loss of Vito Salino and Ira Kaufman. And it's not in the addition of Lisa Salters or Bill Polian. It's the fact that Larry Michael's still on that. Okay, um, that's my big. Okay, well, can you explain why? Remember the Washington Post article that documented the Washington Redskins. I'm sorry, Washington Football Team. Yeah, that's their new name. Um, sexual harassment claims where okay. 17 women came forward and highlighted specifically about the massive harassment and misogyny and just of the Redskins organization. Okay. Larry Michael was heavily included amongst the three main men. In fact, mm. it just so happened that he retired from the team just before the article came out. Hmm, how coincidental. Just like how those two other guys were also fired just before it came out. 
That's, Again, a, fair, that's a fair what point. A no, I didn't know that. And, that's a very good point. And the reason why I'm saying it is because you have these assaulters in that room now. You have a few other women. You have a couple other women in that room. And, me, and many people want to see Amy Trask the Hall of Fame. For these women in the room specifically, what message does it send when you have a accused sexual harasser making the decisions on these players? What does that say? No, that, I, that say? I've never thought of that, and you're a thousand percent right, Vinny. Uh, Evan and I, we were talking about term limits, and I am advocating for term limits on all of these committees and all of these voters because uh, – like you just said, is Bill Polian more qualified than Lisa Salters? Are people saying that? Yeah, of course she, of course he is. Is Lisa Salters qualified to be in that room? Absolutely. I think so, yeah. Yeah, So, but there's no reason why you can't take some of these people in that room and just rotate them out because you're going to find some other people with different points of view who have different qualifications but are just are, – are, have something to offer. And I want to go back to an article that was making its rounds, and I, and I apologize. I forget who it was from and who it was by. Uh, and you and I both sort of had the same opinion, but I, initially I, I'm kind of changing my, my perspective a bit on this. It was how the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, most of the voters are predominantly white, which I thought – my first initial gut reaction was, so what? Now, because their results is – as I haven't seen any racial bias in what they're voting on. Having said that, if I've got an issue with the amount of black people in co- as coaches, I should have an issue with the amount of black people being represented in that in that room. So my initial thought was wrong. Uh, as I'm sort of as I've been thinking about it more, there should be it should be more representative of the people who are actually covering the sport, and let the result fall where it may. So that, that's my opinion now. It, it sort of altered a bit from about a month ago. Yeah, like, again, verbal abuse, sexual harassment. I mean, again, you could say that, oh, the whole doesn't really care about that. It's not a big issue. They're not going to listen to what the fans think. It's nothing to do with the fans. That's to do with your own voters. Your own voters. The ones that people always talk about. There are some women in that room, okay? Well, sometimes How you just do, do things because it's the right thing to do. What? And not only that, I have some, some questions for some of these voters. You're, 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 a lot of you are journalists. You know for a fact that he's a sexual harasser. How come you don't advocate for it? Why don't you, you, you don't really, does that mean you don't really care about these people? I mean, you don't really care about That's wanting true. to have you. You're, you're all for you know social change, things for the better. Peter King's like that a lot. But when it comes to people in your own room, you're not really willing to advocate for. It. You're well, not willing to speak up for. Yeah, it. and that's sort of where the old boys network do, does exist. Like, like seriously, like you, you. This is why people can't stand Peter King. This is why when Peter King made that comment, oh. Fans just hate us because we don't elect our favorite player. He let the sharks in. He threw chum at the sharks, and the sharks just came on eating. They just went all out. And I was so happy because, again, you're all for equality. You're all for letting women's voices. But yet, when it comes to people in your own network, you don't speak out. You deserve to be labeled a hypocrite. And that's what you are, Peter. You're a hypocrite. I have a lot of respect for you as a writer. Well, there's a reason why a lot of people can't stand you. I'm not hating on Peter King's work. I think he's a great writer. But at the same time, like, stuff like this just questions people's legitimacy. I mean, people question legitimacy a lot of things nowadays. But this is why people question legitimacy of the whole, because the people that should speak out the ones that speak out online, they talk a big game, but they never campaign. The base cares more than the people in charge. That's what I always say. 
because so often, no matter if it's politics, no matter if it's stuff with sports or anything, the people, the fans, are the ones that truly care about these things, and they actually care about these players as people. But the ones inside don't. No, they don't. There, there, yeah, there's some validity to that. Uh, let's move on to something a little bit more fun here. Uh, the reason actually you wanted to set up a show in the first place, uh, the but it was a week and a half ago, the NFL... Uh, the players, actually. It's presented by NFL.com. So a lot of people, myself included, actually, when this first came out uh, 10 years ago or so. Uh, it, but it's voted on by the players. It's not by the public. It's by the players, for the players, where they're deciding who the, who the, who the best players are for the year. And you've sort of uh, been sort of been – you're very in, interested in this. You're compiling all of that when you're looking at your personal rankings for for the for Hall of Fame opinions, because now we're talking about what the actual players think, and this do, this always is it's it's fun. Lists are fun. That's why I have a damn website in the first place, all based on lists and whatnot. And there's some things that sort of stuck out, some that didn't. And Lamar Jackson, according to the NFL players, is the best NFL player at this moment. Do you agree? Uh, well, I, now I, after this, people got super insanely. They were tearing into it and say, "Oh, it's not legitimate because Patrick Mahomes isn't on there." Look, big reason why that's also the case because Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Well, he is on there. He's just number four. Yeah, I mean, he was also number four last year. I, I wouldn't go too crazy about it because when you're someone like Mahomes or Jackson. Something like this is not really going to affect the perspective of what people think. It's more so about the ones below that it does. Now, I'd say, look, players always want to have a voice. And many fans say they want to have players have a voice. But they usually mean players that voice the same exact opinion as them when it comes to a lot of it. And... This is a big, big example of it because people just tend to complain that, you know, oh, player X isn't on here because there's a bias. So I even saw Lewis Riddick claim this whole massive conspiracy theory that players don't want to see Carson Wentz be successful. Like, Lewis, why do you even have a job at ESPN? Seriously, if you're going to say that. Well, but it, but there could, it's at the end of the day, whether it's so-called experts, writers, uh, executives, fans, players. It's people voting on people. And, yeah. you know, like, if, if you hate another guy, like I'm sure a lot of baseball writers hate Kurt Schilling, you're not necessarily <laughs> going to vote for him just because that's your little, bit, little bitty way to say fuck you. If you love someone, yeah. if he's your friend, you're going to vote him. It's hard. I mean, so as much as you've got, as you, if you're a player, you've got a far more nuanced opinion. You also, in some ways, are more clouded. The players tend to be, the issue that I have, like, I mix on it. Like, in theory, you would say, oh, writers are more neutral. They not could be always. bigger assholes, too. Yeah, um, not always. Absolutely. That's why I use the Kurt Chilling example. Because as much as Kurt Schilling is pro- is definitely a dick, he's also definitely a baseball Hall of Fame worthy player. Like, I mean, stuff like that is why people increasingly hate the media. Like, you're only giving you're only giving the other side more ammo to use against you. That's what you're doing, especially when Schilling is connected with the right side of the aisle, and you're just going to increase that animosity that other side has because let's be real even though you say oh it doesn't matter baseball has a very conservative audience too and you're also not only are you pissing off Schilling you're also pissing off them in many cases yes but I mean in, but that's life though uh, Vinny uh, like have you, have you been on uh, you flown a lot in your life yeah okay so or like cross borders like the, the biggest Gatekeepers, right? And that's what a lot of these voters are. Sometimes they're the biggest assholes. Why? Because they got a little bit of power, and if you piss them off, they're going to use it. So, like, yeah. that's sort of like why you you just sort of like go through the gate and all that. You keep your mouth shut. 
You know, whenever yeah. you're crossing through customs, my dad can't keep his mouth shut. He's always a smart ass, and he always complains why he's always pulled over. Why? Because he told because he couldn't he couldn't couldn't stop he couldn't dial down his sarcasm. Well, that's just how some people are. Like, and if you, I would say that you're seeing more people like that. But I would say it's usually in response to the people that pull them over. Well, right, but it, it's it's just you know like little things like that. I think baseball uh, voters are a little bit more petty. But so just I want to get some visceral responses from you uh, on this. So Jackson, number one, uh, I certainly think he was the best player last year, uh, deserving of the MVP. Uh, my I loved watching him at Louisville, and I was so happy that he got that opportunity early in Baltimore. Uh, Wilson at number two, I don't consider him the second-best quarterback in football, but what do you think? This is based on a black season. Like When it comes to Russell Wilson, no, he is not underrated. Stop saying he's underrated, guys. Oh, he's a great player. But I, I don't think he's number, the second best quarterback. Oh, oh, I don't think so either. But I'm just saying that for people that keep saying, "Oh, this shows how underrated Russell is." Shut up. He's not underrated. Um, he is, if anything, he might be a tad overrated because how many people keep saying he's underrated? It's like how people say that Drew Brees is super underrated. Listen, the Drew, Brees is rated just fine. Everyone knows he's great. Well, yeah. Well, Drew Brees will always sort of suffer because he's doing the same thing in an era with less Super Bowl championships than Tom Brady. Uh, but Drew Brees, well, is gonna, his legacy is, perf- is is just fine. He'll he'll do he'll do okay. Uh, so the highest rated wide receiver here, no sh- no surprise here from the players, Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints. Of course, he was the AP Offensive Player of the Year. Everyone knew it, and mm-hmm. he had the most receptions in a season. And the fact that he also led the league in receiving yards, too, I mean, uh, it was it was obvious. It was an obvious, he should be the best wide receiver ranked this year because he was the best wide receiver ranked this year. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, one that I'm, I'm a little curious about, uh, actually, they're number nine and number ten. I, I'm really curious to see how they perform next season. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, who out of nowhere has put himself into a hall of fame conversation. Cause anyone who's a defensive player of the year, uh, they've got him ranked number nine. Is he going to be the same player for the Patriots this year? I don't know. You didn't, I didn't, you didn't see a lot of that in his first few years in Buffalo. Yeah, he didn't so like, he was a good player, but not really someone you would say would be great. But then after then he got that big contract with the Patriots, he didn't really do a whole lot in his first season with the Patriots. But the following season, mm-hmm. oh man, he 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 lit it up. And the following season, he was just as good. No, he was even better. Well, yeah, it's uh, the 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 defensive player of the year. So I'm just wondering, like, how, and I'm not calling him a fluke by any means. I, I I don't mean mean to sort of insinuate that, but usually this isn't sort of the pattern where you get this good at this stage of your career. So for Gilmore, this is, I don't want to call it a make or break year in terms of the hall, but it is a very, very big year for him. Uh, Derek Henry at number 10 uh, is one that's sort of interesting. I know he won the rushing title. I'm not all in on Derek Henry though, personally. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I mean, running back is a position that, People have very mixed feelings on I mean, the wide receivers. The ones that I mean, the reason why a lot of them are so vocal is because a lot of them feel slighted for one way, shape, or form. But for running back, I mean, he's he was fantastic this year. Let, let's get the let's don't get it twisted. Derrick Henry was phenomenal. Sure, this season. Uh, uh, and and I'm not I'm not doubting his rank for when, when and as a look back. I'm not all in on him going forward. And I should have worded that better. And, and I, I'm, I'm more than happy to be wrong on that. Oh, yeah. I feel exactly the same way as you. With, with me, I feel very mixed with Derrick Henry. Um, he did sign a four-year contract with, with the Titans. However, when it comes to running back, they tend to break down a little bit as they age. That's why you see so many running backs by committee. The reason it, also, not only that, 
are the Titans going to be the same team next year? Because keep in mind, they snuck into the playoffs as, mm-hmm. as the sixth seed. Now with the seventh seed, they have a better chance. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make the AFC Championship game again or even further. It could also mean that more people have seen film on you and are willing to dissect your game a little bit more. And that could create a bit of a down year for Henry and Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans in general. Yeah, so two more things I want to sort of like get your quick uh, take on. Uh, George Kittle is the highest rated tight end uh, qu- by quite a bit. Uh, number seven, uh, Kelsey uh, of Kansas City, number 18. Uh, no argument here. I think Kittle just w- had just a breakout year. I don't see any reason why he can't repeat that. I mean, George Kittle, there's, there's nothing negative I could say about George Kittle. I love his game. I love him as a person. I love his personality. I love his energy. I love his story. I love the fact he was a steal for them. I like how he's essentially the face of the offensive side of the ball. I mean, there's nothing negative I could say about George Kittle. I just love everything about him. Okay. And uh, the one thing, because this is your wheelhouse more than anything else when it comes to pro football and the Hall of Fame, there's no special teamers on this list. Does that bother you, or do you think this is accurate? I'm not really shocked. I mean, that's usually the case. I mean, there's been only really one, technically two instances of a special team or even making it. 2015, when Adam Vinatieri made it, mm-hmm. um, and in I think it was like 2016 or 17, maybe even something else, it's when Justin Tucker just barely missed it. Missed the 100, I think it was like 101 doesn't really bother me. It's not going to affect my feeling on whether or not I think Slater is deserving or Tucker or Hecker. It's, that's not really going to affect it. I mean, when it comes to a lot of the players, they generally don't they focus more on their side of the ball than the, than the other one. And even for special teamers, they, they, they tend to be a bit more neutral when it comes to it. So I don't really have an issue with here. Okay, fair enough. And give me one player on that list where that rank went. You're looking at that and go, went, huh? Well, it doesn't matter where it is. Anywhere from 1 to 100. Um, hmm. I'll check any of them. Any of them. I can can give you a a mine while you're looking at that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So it's actually pretty far down. And for me, maybe it's just, uh, maybe there's a bias. Maybe there's just something I just don't quite understand why he'd be this low. Number 78, Tyron Smith, offensive tackle, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that questioned me, too. Um, with, my, with me, I'm going to look more at the back of it. Um, I'm going to go with that's, – that's, that's, that's a bit of a tough one. I, I would personally say that – I'm going to do Allen Robinson, something like that. I mean, I think the – I'm not one of these people that are going to go all up in arms because of it because someone is lower than they quote-unquote should be mm-hmm. or anything else. I'm, I'm really kind of neutral when it comes to it. But I would definitely say that if the players, the voice, had the vote when it came to... But I would say if the players had a vote when it came to offensive rookie of the year, we know that Josh Jacobs would have won instead of um, Kyler Murray. Yeah, one thing also, too, uh, and I'll leave with this thought... Uh, because I was watching when all this was sort of being presented online, one of the big, big, uh, I, don't, I don't know if backlash is the right word, but I, I guess we'll say backlash. Uh, Kirk Cousins at number 58, quarterback Vikings. A lot of people yeah, thought he wasn't, he wasn't deserving Cousins of that spot. Uh, Cousins had a great season last year. What are you talking about? That, no, I agree. I agree. I, I, I thought like that was a, an interesting backlash for a quarterback who I think is pretty good. I think it's because of Cousins, the reputation the media gives them, and again, listen, I'd love, listen, all the conspiracy theories that Carson Wentz got for not making it, I wish Matt Ryan had that stuff, too. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Ryan doesn't, he's probably the one guy when, if he were to say, you know what, I really don't think about it, I believe him. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's one of those guys, like... I'd say with this Hall of Fame case, it's not going to be by the fan vote either. He's one of those guys that's going to ride heavily, especially on the analytic community. I, I, I know 
I know for a fact he's going to be one of those analytic, um, analytic um, ball pushes. Because yeah, uh, Ryan's not on this. That? He's not on this list at all, is he? No. Hell, even in 2017, right after he won the MVP, he was ranked number ten. That's the lowest an MVP ever was. You know, because Matt and I, you know Julio Jones will tell you how great Matt Ryan is. And it's they're but they're making each other good. If anyone's sort of thinking that this is not a case of Randy Moss making Dante Culpepper look like a Pro Bowler, which he did, it, it's yeah, not I mean, the same thing. Matt Ryan has the skills. Matt Ryan will never promote Matt Ryan. That's just who he is. People, I think the reason as to why people don't really talk about Matt Ryan a whole lot is probably just how he's not really boisterous. Online, he's not really someone who's really self-promoting. Hell, if anyone self-promote, if anyone promotes him, it's me and either Ryan and probably Ryan Michael. In case you don't know who that guy is, he is known for being a very hard uh, statistician. Um, I know that there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, he doesn't really watch the games. He doesn't really truly know how it is." Maybe you should ask him that question, and he'll he'll respond in a pretty um, pretty like nail nail to the face kind of way. If anyone's gonna prop up him other than me it's going to be him and he's let's the, again reiterate the to the people out there who might be listening to this for the first time Vinny's not a Falcons fan I'm so, not so, I, so I you're not, you're not doing this uh, as a homer because uh, if you follow uh, Vinny on Twitter it's uh, what Vinny Las Benuso 91 I should know this yeah he okay. won after Sonic the Hedgehog my favorite uh, video game franchise that was created in 1991 that's why it had uh, okay. 91 there Okay. Got it. All right. Not so, yeah. So if you follow, if there's anything about Matt Ryan that sort of like just talks about like where he is and how, and statistically what he's done compared to some of the other great quarterbacks. And again, we're talking former MVP. wasn't necess- wasn't his fault uh, that they that they lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. We could have done yeah, better. Like, obviously, could have got one more score. But still, I mean, Matt Ryan is. And then as a diehard Saints fan, I know how good Matt Ryan is. Yeah, I mean, you're free to tell you how great Matt Ryan is. No, absolutely. But other players don't necessarily talk about him, and that's sort of interesting. You look at some of these other quarterbacks on this. Uh, Josh Allen is here. I'd much rather face Josh Allen than Matt Ryan. No disrespect to Josh Allen. I mean, come on. I mean, it's one of those things that's like really – Josh Allen is not better than Matt Ryan. What the hell are you smoking? <laughs> well, no, no. But and, uh, even Madden knows that Matt Ryan's great. Now people take Madden. I personally look a bit at Madden rankings too, and I know people get snubs and whatnot. But I took it. I take everything into consideration. I mean, with, with Madden rankings and NFL Top 100, if you if, yes, I take that in consideration because okay. What does the video game community think of it? Okay, what do the players think of it? What do the fans think of it? What do the stats people think? Just, I just look at every single one of these avenues because if you just say, well, just watch film. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. It, 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 it's ignorant because even when you watch film, everyone has a different perspective on it. So you just look at each single one as opposed to just film. That's how I look at it. Yeah, everyone was watching a lot of film, and they were convinced that Jamarcus Russell was a legitimate NFL quarterback at number one pick. <laughs> Uh, but he can throw man, 70 he, yards for, yards from his knees. And how many times is he going to do that <laughs> in a game? Yeah. What's that, nine? I have some people going to be telling you, the fact you didn't watch the guys you – the fact you don't watch the guys that you promote tells you, you all you do is read Wikipedia. You don't truly have real sources. And no, don't look at any articles. No, no, no. Look at the books at the library in the reference. Those are the real, that's where you really get it. Like, come on, man. Well, NFL is, NFL to me is like, it's the, where coaches matter the most, but it's also where coaches can outthink themselves. That that doesn't happen necessarily in baseball and hockey or basketball combined nearly as much as it does in football because you can outsmart yourself so many times and that's scouts too. Well, that, that's why I that's why I love the coaches section this year. But when I look at this and like saying, now I heard people say, if you go in that room, you'll know they'll know you don't truly watch what you do. Yeah, because it's gonna be yeah, because it's easy for people to find film of Laverne Dillwig from the 1920s. Like, 
Well, it's, really, it's the same type of thinking that if a quarterback is listed like two or if he's two inches shorter than the norm, like who was that Giants quarterback who became the Bachelor? Who's now Jesse Palmer? Became, yeah, became a third round quarterback, and he, he played in Florida, and he's always on my radar because he's a Canadian and he was from Ottawa, where I spent a bit of time. So you'd see article upon article, and then I'd watch him play at Florida. It's like he sucks. Yes, he's 6'5", he's got that arm, he looks like the perfect quarterback. He's not the perfect quarterback, he can't, because he'll, he'll miss the target by 10 yards every time. Not every time, obviously, I'm exaggerating, of course, but his end result, despite being the quarterback that you would sort of put, if you were to like build that in Frankenstein's lab, it would have came out Jesse Palmer. The only problem is, Palmer couldn't do it. Same with Jamarcus Russell. Drew Brees uh, is not that guy. You building that in Frankenstein's lab, it's not coming out looking like Drew Brees. Which one's going to be the Hall of Famer? Drew Brees. It's, it's why I don't really... It's why I'm not as big as watch film only. I'm not one of those people. Because unlike some of them, I actually think outside the box. How about that? that that's what I'm saying. You, 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 these Sometimes you outsmart yourself. And the game of that, and you see it over and over and over again. Because they're not necessarily looking at what sort of happened on the field. They're looking at what sort of transpot. They're looking at, but, but look at this. Uh, look, at, look at the combine. Oh, he ran a 4.4. Okay, but did, did he tackle anybody when he's running the 4.4? <laughs> you know? Uh, no, all you do, the 40-yard um, the, the dash is just running in a straight line. Okay, what about the times when they're running back and forth and they're doing cones? And even then, your college film is not going to reflect the same way as you on the, on the NFL field, as well as the practice season. And the same thing with people, too. Like, you can't just go off how a person is just by how they are on TV. You can't do that. Oh, but it's on film. No. Look at Ellen right now. Ellen could be all super nice, but then you look behind the scenes and say, wow. I've been saying, I've been on. telling my wife for years she was a fraud. I don't know how we got on Ellen, but I've been saying that for years because this stuff's been happening from, from other comics and other writers on that, that this woman was a fraud. Yeah, I mean, when, well, to be fair, I mean, like what, like what uh, Charlie White critical Penguin Zio said, yeah, I, I follow him. I, I'd say go, go watch him. He's, he's funny. He's actually pretty honest about a lot of things. Um, when I, when someone, like you said, when someone's whole brand is being nice, then they're probably fraud. <laughs> like, it's one of those instances where, yeah, you can look on film as much as you want, but it's not going to, it's not always going to be a reflection of how the person really is. And the same thing when it comes to film, um, who is that player on the Eagles who had that phenomenal combine, but when it came to, to the, um, the pros, he stunk it up? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, like, I'm not, and I'm not saying here the combine and all the stuff that doesn't matter. It does, but you've got to put everything in a, in a greater perspective. You just do. And again, I don't know why going from the NFL to Ellen. Although Ellen's a Saints fan, so I'll give her that. Mike Mamula, Mike Mamula, that's his name. Uh, he was the. In case you don't know who that is, he was the. Um, he was the edge rusher from Boston College. That a big reason he was he had good film, but a big reason why he made it to the seventh overall pick was because of how great his combine was. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the big reason as to why that was the case. But um, but at the same time, when it came to actually playing, he was just eh, he was just okay. And you know, after his contract with the Eagles was up. No one signed him afterwards. That's what it's also one of the reasons why I love football. I mean, you can it doesn't matter what your team is, your team can go four and twelve and then win the Super Bowl the next year. That's the NFL. And I love it. Yeah, it's like again, so basically the moral of the story, don't just look at film guys. If you're just gonna look at film, then you're gonna alienate a lot of your other base. Look at stats, look at analytics. Look at literally every single thing you have to offer. And you don't need to go all the way to a major public library to find that stuff. Because you can look at all that stuff online. 
It could be as simple as Wikipedia, but it could also be all these reference pages too, because those are the ones that do a lot of research as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Vinny, it was good to talk to you. We're going to do this again pretty soon if you're up for it. Uh, the My r- list of 100 players, probably going to be 125, in ranked based on their current Hall of Fame resume will be coming out soon. And I'd love for you to uh, walk down, walk that line with me. That sounds fun. Make sure, and like I said before, don't just go off film. Don't just go off the <laughs> success. Look at PFF. Look at Madden. Look at, you know, what the players think. Look at what literally every single person and their three-month-old kitten. Okay, ask, ask the kitten what, what the ki- ask what the kitten thinks. Basically, what I'm saying, ask everyone. Don't, don't, don't just look at one source. Look at literally everything. Look at, look at the, what the nice guy thinks. Look at what the asshole thinks. Just, just, just look at every perspective, and that's how I would say um, make the conclusions. And also, one final thought. Shame on the voters for not campaigning for more seniors, um, especially during this time. And uh, before I go, uh, what I should ask you for this year, mm-hmm. because they're probably going to meet soon. What senior coach and contributor do you think will make it this year? Uh, it's uh, Tom Flores. For sure, Tom. Flo- it's going to be Tom Flores. I'm leaning towards Gratisher as the senior yeah, and, and the contributor. I have no idea. Uh, for me, I'd say they'll all be from 2020. Uh, Tom Flores is an obvious one for me. I mean, I was originally more with Coriel, but the reason why I swayed more to Flores is actually because of the Raiders team, because they actually made a quality point. Because while Coriel changed the game for coaches and for coaching, Flores changed the game for an entire race of people. He also won more. <laughs> you know, you just yeah. want to, like, chalk that, that's, not, that's also true. Yeah. But th- I think that in general is why he became over Coriel for me. As for seniors, if it's going to be one, it's going to be Gratishar. I know that Pearson was the one that most people talked about, but Gratishar is the biggest, was the biggest surprise I thought that didn't make it. And as for contributors, honestly, I'm like, you, I have no idea. They can go Bill Nunn. They can go Art McNally. They can go Ralph Hay. For all we know, they could piss off Browns fans and go Art Modell here. They could do whatever they want, they could. honestly. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel comfortable or not confident about anybody uh, even remotely trying to guess what they're going to do. I do feel fairly confident in those two. Uh yeah. Is it maybe also, am I a bit clouded because that's what I'm hoping will happen? Yes, but I think they're both excellent choices and they're the right choices. Don't listen to what Peter King says about Tom Flores because uh, Tom Flores is deserving whatever Peter wants to admit or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in that room and we're not. All right, Vinny, you stay safe and uh, enjoy virtual school. Yeah, it sounds good. Well, some may be virtual, but honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. And if I'm being really honest, I don't even think Hosford knows what they're doing either. So <laughs> we're on the same boat here. All right, sounds good. Stay safe. Best of luck. You too, Kirk. All right, bye. Thank you so much for listening. Hope everyone out there stays safe and look for new content regularly from us at notinhalloffame.com.